on the O oh, the Anthem podcast. We're talking about everything that happened in the 2010s. It's the decade that have us, saw us move from New York to Baltimore to Los Angeles. We're going to be talking about all the things that happened in our lives, as well as everything that happened in music, entertainment, politics, news, everything. We're encapsulating the entire decade before we get out. You got to come check out the show because it is going to be evergreen. Maybe we will even throw some predictions as to what the 2020s will look like. All of that and more coming up now on the OD Anthem podcast. Christmas. This is Corey, and this is the Early Anthem Podcast. Good afternoon, every. I think the mics are not live. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. I think you just muted them again. No, it's not coming. It's down there, up. isn't it? Oh, hey, you're right. Mm, I'm looking <laughs> at the wrong thing. It's been a long day, folks. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode 298 of the. This is what happens when you have a two show day. And uh, started at 5:30 uh, a.m. today. Woo! <laughs> coming to you from the hashtag OTA LA Studios, high by the 110 Freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Ooh. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for listening on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, the easiest way to find it, anchor.fm forward slash o the anthem. Uh, it's the easiest way to find us on whatever platform you want to listen to us on. Uh, or you can just listen to us on Anchor. That works as well. And of course, you can find more o the anthem at o the anthem on Twitter and Instagram, facebook.com forward slash o the anthem. You can find all the videos, including the podcast, but oh so much more at youtube.com forward slash o the anthem. And everything o the anthem related, including the merch store, is available at o the anthem.com. Yes, indeed. And of course, we are live right now all across the world Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, Twitch. Welcome everyone twitter too if you're on twitter, oh, yeah, twitter and you just get to the top of your timeline and then it says oh the anthem live come check us out for a little bit that's us right there yeah and uh so yeah you can find us all over the place you're not going to want to miss out and it's really hard to you kind of have to avoid it <laughs> anyway so yes uh so uh we're recording two episodes today mm-hmm. uh we are uh, so anything that has happened in the last week we're not going to be touching on, obviously, because yes. uh, uh, so unaware of what happens in the future. Let's let's take a big guess. Uh, Trump is impeached. Trump impeachment. <laughs> Still ongoing. Yeah. Uh, Ravens clinched first place. No. Let's no. hope. Um, I either won or lost my fantasy championship. So. Yeah, there is a chance that the uh, the Posse League Fantasy Football Trophy is coming back to the West Coast. How are you going to get it back here if you do win, by the way? I was actually thinking, uh, because I get free checked bags with my Alaska card, ah. I might just buy a full-size suitcase. <laughs> and even though I'm not going to fill it with everything I need, I'll just have space for like things okay. that need to come back, like maybe a trophy. Well, hey, uh, let me know if you got extra space. I'll go ahead and throw some stuff in there from Christmas. Because <laughs> uh, right now my plan is to ship stuff back to myself. Because... Here's how we do things. <laughs> this is the, this is a conversation I had with my family. I was just like, just send anything that I can't put in a suitcase back here. Like, yeah. just have it come here. It's fine. Like, I'm an adult. I don't need to like actually open the thing under the tree. You know. Like, so 
I had a talk with my parents. Uh, there's a lot of awesome stuff we've been talking about getting. I, I, I want to get a uh, mobile light kit and green screen mm-hmm. to make it a little easier to do uh, to do stuff. Uh, I'm thinking maybe we should get a ring light. I don't know if you guys have noticed the visual difference, but I think it's night and day. Yeah. Just an improvement. So maybe you get one of those. Maybe some new cameras. I've made a couple suggestions. But I was just like, listen, if you buy it and have it arrive at my apartment sometime after I depart, yeah, and then you put a box under the tree with a picture in it. That's fine <laughs> because you know what's more inconvenient that you just order- a printout of wherever you got it on yeah. Amazon, <laughs> and I'll be excited like, oh, hey, that's great. This is waiting for me when I get back. Yeah, what's more inconvenient is for you to order it on Amazon, have it shipped to your house for me to open on Christmas, and then have to ship it back. Yeah, to the West Coast where I pay for the shipping, not free shipping with Amazon Prime. Um, but I, you know, God help my parents. Uh, I love them, and they're probably not going to do that. Uh, and by the way, not opening gifts on Christmas. Why? Because it's Wednesday, and well, no, that's no. the Lord's <laughs> Maxin. Maxin won't um, be there until Wednesday, so we're going to wait and open gifts on Wednesday. Wait, Thursday. Wednesday is Christmas yeah, Day. Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. We're going to open on Thursday because he won't be there Wednesday. And I'm like... So listen, uh, I'm down. We're making compromises. You know, he doesn't really know when Christmas is, so we're going to pretend it's Christmas Day. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, in the future, we'll have to do that whole, like, oh, like, Santa came here, too. And then we um, just left all the gifts unopened. Yeah. But, uh, hey, you listen, as long as we're compromising, can we just compromise and, you know, put a picture in Max, a box? <laughs> Max, and I imagine, is going to be the type who, like, walks over and he's just like, wait a minute, today isn't Christmas. What? I mean, what he gives? might... Uh, apparently he is uh, he's two years old and he is saying uh, four syllable words. He's putting together complete thoughts like uh, he will baby talk to my sister and she hates it. Yeah, because she knows he can actually speak like when nobody's <laughs> paying attention. He'll be like, I want a sandwich, which I know sounds like easy, but that is a complicated sentence for a two year old to yeah. put together. But then when she's like asking him stuff, he'll be like, I sandwich now. <laughs> and she's like. I know you're just messing <laughs> with me. I know you know shit. what those words. <laughs> so, um, and uh, he w- when he gets caught on camera. So if you guys follow me on TikTok, uh, you may have seen me do some funny videos with him. And that's because he when he is not when he doesn't know he's on camera, he's super funny. Yeah. And then when he knows he's on camera, he's just like clams up. I'm gonna just be like I don't <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> I know the feeling, Max. And yeah, yeah. I feel, so. feel like I have people laughing all the time, and then as soon as the podcast starts rolling, crickets, crickets. <laughs> uh, although, if uh, if you guys st- hung around for the uh, the wait screen, which by the way, you know, it's a great thing. Yeah, people were asking. You know, I turn it on, I see the wait screen, I don't know how long I have until the episode starts because you know sometimes we turn it on like half hour before we get yeah. started. <laughs> now we have a, a countdown, so you can actually see. Hey, I got five minutes. I can get my chips. I can get my popcorn. I can get my soda. I'll be go sit and get ready for the episode. Well, um, and the fact that it's live everywhere means that like if you want to wa- put it on on your TV and like sort of walk around and do a- or do chores or something like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know why you're doing that at midnight East Coast time, but, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> it, because it's on YouTube yeah. now live. Especially, you could probably put it up on your Roku and just sit yeah. it on your big TV and watch just like a TV show. <laughs> literally, so. 
let our dulcet tones bring you to sleep. This lull you right to sleep. Um, or Twitch. I mean, that would be beneficial, too, because then they do fall asleep at some point, but it continues playing all the way to the oh, end, yes. so we get the metrics. We love those sweet, sweet analytics. Because we don't, we don't really care if people listen. It probably, probably would be better off for us if people didn't listen. Yeah, especially but for careers. If stuff. it just made it look like a lot of people listened, then that would be great. Yeah, and you might be saying to yourself, I don't have a Roku, but I do have a PlayStation. Hey. We're on Twitch. You can pull up the <laughs> Twitch app on your PlayStation and watch the whole show there. Yeah. It's fantastic. All of it No counts. more excuses. Yeah, I I, uh, I have that yearly uh, post reminder from like nine years ago now that mm. was just like, how can I support the uh, author in my life? You don't even have to buy books. Just, you know, like, like something on Amazon. Leave a review of a book you never read. Just, you know, all of the little thing like share posts on on social media all of those cost nothing and they all help out authors in your life well how do you help out podcasters in your life just play the thing <laughs> put it on mute play it all the way through make youtube think that we are really important i mean i would also say that like if you give like a, a retweet or something like that those things help a lot too because like i'll go onto twitter and i'll just be st- scrolling through and if somebody goes like oh my god i just heard this album everyone needs to hear it yeah. it's artist x then I'm just like, all right, maybe I'll check out this artist X. Yeah, I got an artist X, uh, little X yachty. How you feel about that? <laughs> nah, I'm good. Don't need it. Oh, speaking of things from the 2000s <laughs> or 2010s. Oh my god. Uh, anyway, but before we get into the decade in review, this of course uh, is the last show before Christmas. You guys are hearing this if you're not watching live. You're hearing it on Monday the 23rd or Tuesday the 24th. Yeah, right. Tuesday the mm-hmm. 24th. Um, so that means that although we are coming to you from the uh, hashtag OTA LA Studios, high above the one ten freeway. We are actually both in Maryland right now. Yep. I think yeah, I'll be in Maryland by the twenty fourth. So mm-hmm. um what do you got planned for the uh for the Christmas holiday? Anything big, important? Uh well, we're flying into Maryland and then it sounds like we're going up to New York for a few and then back to Maryland and you know, like I wanted to be home for the Ravens game. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it's on the road, I still want like to watch with the family and stuff like that. Sure, yeah. Um, and I don't know, just sort of like whatever comes up, comes up. I mean, there's no like solid plans right now, but uh, you know, Christmas Day, I imagine, is going to be spent between uh, Rachel's household and mine, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll just fill in all the spots with whatever people want to throw at us. I guess in the in the meantime. And now, uh, when are you headed back? The 29th. Oh, me too. Okay. But yeah, the so shitty part is that all the, all the cheapest flights are super early in the morning. Mm. So I'm leaving, you know, like I'm in town on the 29th, but like I'm leaving at like 530 a.m. So yeah. it's not like uh, I can I was, do anything. I have not prepared. I still have not booked my flight um, because that's how I travel, I guess now. Um, and I, I was noticing the same thing. I was like, oh, it's almost. I mean, like, it, the thing that confounds me about air travel is that like. You know, like I understand that days are more expensive at certain, you know, like certain days are more expensive than others and certain times are more expensive than others. But it's hard to rationalize how something fluctuates in price so greatly based off of like little tiny. Like, so I want to fly out on the 29th, but I was looking around to see if there was a flight that left at like 9 p.m. Because then I could spend pretty much the whole day. I could watch the Ravens game. I could go back. I would still be in L.A. at like, you know, basically, uh. 10 mm-hmm. p.m. Like, right, because we get the time back as we fly right. across. You could go to sleep, you get up the next day. Like, you know, for the people who have to work, you're just right back in it. Like, you can yep. get into the swing. Um, but it, it, the difference between like a flight that left at 5 30 in the morning and one that left at 9 p.m. was like, 
you know, seventeen hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just like, well, here's the thing: how does that even make sense? Like, because everyone is thinking the same thing you are. Yeah, they're thinking I want to stay as long as I can and then fly back to the West Coast. Right, but I mean, like, you know, the that difference in price is not worth it for what we're what we're talking about. You know, like it's. Mm. Listen, welcome to capitalism, my friend. <laughs> Supply and demand. Yeah. There's only so many flights, and uh, people want them. They're going to charge for them. Mm, it's the worst. Yes, it absolutely <laughs> is the worst. Uh, we should talk about that in that decade in review, too. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I will be in Maryland for a week, a little less than a week, from Monday the 23rd through 28th or 29th. At some point, I'm taking a flight home, um, home being here. Now, Skipping the typical New Year's trip this year, mm-hmm. I think instead uh, going to do a birthday trip. So that does postpone the tropical travel for 10 days. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> um, I think my birthday falls on a Friday this year. Oh. I want to say. Actually, let me confirm that. Uh, <laughs> because that was one of the reasons someone convinced me to go for a birthday instead. And now that I say that, I feel like that might actually have been a lie. And someone might have lied. Nope, it is. It's a Friday. Oh, so, good. Uh, save the PTO days and just leave Thursday. To yeah. Go, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, somewhere. Come back. Maybe take off Monday too, half day Monday, something like that. Mm. Um, Show up late Monday kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and, you know, of course, I open. So late for me is literally anything after, <laughs> you know, 10 a.m. when everyone else shows up. Uh, by the way, try to leave. I realize this is why people. So uh, we do the podcast. I usually leave work. I attempt to leave work at 4.30 on Mondays, which, by my calculations, having started the day at 8.30 in the morning, today it started even earlier than that at 8 o'clock, is an eight-hour day. Yeah. Especially because I don't have a chance to grab lunch. There's nothing. It's I look at the, my phone, and I'm like, oh, it's 4. I got to get ready to wrap things up. Most of my staff shows up between 10 and 10.30. So when they see me rolling out at 4, they're like, hey, 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 what's up? Yeah. Six hour day today, five hour day with lunch. I'm like, hey, idiots, you all get to take lunch. I do not. Yeah. And also, I'm here two hours before you get here. So, yes, it seems like a six hour day to you. Eight hour day for me. And I'm here 12 hours every other day. What the hell do you want from me? I remember once at Nelson's, I showed up at like nine o'clock one day (laughs) and people were people were just like, what the hell, Corey? I think you can show up two hours late for your shift. And I'm just like. This is my 97th day in a row yeah. without a day off. I, I think I'm allowed every once in a while to show up a little bit late, especially when it's okay with everybody yeah. who is like, can okay this decision. And uh, like, yeah, I get to, I get the text on Sunday morning. Hey, I'm headed to the office. Can you let me in when I get there? Hey, can you let me in when I get there? Then my phone rings from the gate phone three, four, five times. Finally, I wake up and I see it and I let people in. I'm like, Okay, so I understand that you were up at 9 a.m. and wanted to go into the office to work. That doesn't mean I was up at 9 a.m. on Saturday or on Sunday morning. And all I want in this world is just to sleep. Honestly, I just want a good night's sleep. And I just don't get it. Yeah. So uh, I've decided I think what I need to do from now on is to uh, leave something at work. Because I also noticed that people know that I'm gone and or know that I'm there based on like my little area where I sit. Mm-hmm. So I think I might just make a decoy computer out of cardboard <laughs> and then just set that up and then sneak out. To be fair, I have my old Pixel XL hmm. 
that's like clean like it's not yeah. broken like yours was yeah so maybe we could just leave that on the desk and they think that i'm like oh he yeah. must be coming back he has it's right there he just stepped away because his phone's still here yep. there's no yep. way he left without that and i'm out nobody knows <laughs> um just all day like people walking around going like rob <laughs> so, yeah today <laughs> like yelling, I, I actually yelling got, around the place i actually got out the door at 5 15 which yeah. was amazing um, and someone followed me into the parking lot <laughs> all the way to the car. And I've had before where I usually will take an Uber home. I have had somebody run out to the curb where I am ordering the Uber and be like, Hey, before you go, I'm like, what are the odds that this is going to have to be tonight versus yeah. tomorrow? So I've started making a deal with people. I will do whatever you're asking me to do. And if it turns out that this absolutely had to be done tonight, like let's say for instance, Get a contract out. I have yeah. to get it out tonight. Okay, great. If they sign by 10 a.m. tomorrow, I will pay you $100. However, if they do not sign by 10 a.m. tomorrow, you pay me $500. <laughs> do you still want me to stop what I'm doing and do this for you right now? Yeah. And you know how many people have taken that? None. Absolutely none. <laughs> because they all know it's worthless. Everything's worthless. But anyway, so yeah, I'll be home. Uh, Relax relaxing do you find going home to be that relaxing uh yes and no uh i i don't get as much shit as you do <laughs> so uh i feel like it's relaxing to like be around family and stuff like that mm, yeah um yeah. i would say that more than anything it just sort of feels like a comfort that comes over me like being home Mm. being in baltimore sort of gives me a certain degree of comfort i mean it doesn't give me like safety but it gives me like this feeling like you know when you like step you don't have like your childhood home anymore but no, like when you no. step into like your old home and you're just like oh everything's just the way it was before like oh my god there's some new market here on the corner that wasn't here last time i was here like there's little things that like sort of like give you like a, a sense of time has passed in a place that you know you know now we do have that like when i was home for thanksgiving Denton has a Taco Bell now. Oh, my God. What? Moving on up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it closes at midnight. <laughs> Which, by the way, defeats the purpose of, of having Bell. a Taco Bell. Taco Bell's should not open till midnight. So I saw it in the afternoon as I drove past, and I was like, ooh, fantastic. Because, you know, my family eats dinner at 5.30, so... <laughs> By the, my normal like dinner time at 11, I'm hungry again. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to run out and get some Taco Bell. I drove all the way down there and pulled in and like all the lights are off. And I'm like, well, maybe this is one of those deals where. They turn off the lights on the inside, but the drive through still, works. still yeah. open. Pulled around and said, welcome to Taco Bell. Played me a little video. And then I sat there. And I will swear to you, I'm not, I was not intoxicated in any way, but I probably sat there for five minutes waiting for the person <laughs> to come on because I figured maybe the person in the Taco Bell was inebriated or busy or busy could perhaps i mean there was nobody in line maybe they didn't hear the bell could be yeah yeah and maybe it should be a dead giveaway that there was nobody in line <laughs> uh at a taco bell at two o'clock in the morning uh or you know 12 o'clock at night it wasn't even that it was a little after 12 probably like 12 30 yeah and uh so i pulled around to the window nope nobody in the store they're closed uh so i had to make do with some royal farms chicken which by the way it's a that's what good, I'm looking forward to. It's a good second place. I think that's a, the the thing about going home to me means getting to do the things that I don't get to do in L.A. Yeah, yeah. Like I get Royal Farms mm. and I get like authentic seafood and yep. I get uh, 
you know, like Natty Bow, which isn't like something that I'm like, you know, like, oh, I can't wait to have that wonderful Natty Bow on my lips. But it's like, eh. I never get it. So yeah, it's nice know. to have. Yeah. I, so I like the uh, crab cheese curls at Royal Farms. Mm-hmm. I get the chicken and the crab cheese curls. And I'm like, there's no reason why these are not everywhere. Except for somebody would look at that and be like, that's disgusting. Why would I want <laughs> crab cheese curls? You're wrong. You're all wrong. They're delicious. Because you're thinking that it's with crab. Like, it's made with crab, but it's just the crab seasoning. It's just Old Bay. Yeah. You call them Old Bay cheese curls, really, is what they are. And they're delicious. But, yeah, so there are a couple things I'm looking forward to. But in the end, it's just like, I'm going to go to the pub. Yeah. Um, I will end up going to probably three movies that week because there's not a lot else to do. Just go to the movies. And um, I'll probably record some stuff and write a little bit as much as I can. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, add a would, new word to that screenplay that I started in Vegas <laughs> and have not touched since then. I would say that the uh, a lot of it probably is about the there's not a lot going on on the Eastern Shore, so that might impact your ability to do things. I mean, like when I'm on the Eastern Shore, I like going to the pub too. Yeah, but that's pretty much because that's the thing to do on the, the Eastern Shore. Like, yep, uh, and your I little mean, pocket of the shore. That's 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 the that's the high night high night out. I had not been home since last Christmas when I was there for Thanksgiving and you see people that you know and I used to see you all the time and now I realize how boring life is there because I'm like, hey, what's been up? Like, oh, you know, I'm still working out at that place and still doing that job and um, I'm seeing so-and-so. I'm like, yeah, you were seeing her when when I was here last time. I'm like, okay, yeah. Um, Did you hear about the Taco Bell? <laughs> There's Taco Bell here now. <laughs> Walmart's open 24 hours again. <laughs> Great. But it's like, it's, uh, you know, one of the things I think we'll get into in the decade review, like you just grow, you know, and, and sometimes Dun- you grow. Dundalk's kind of like that too. I always, yeah. I always find that like, even though Dundalk is so close to like a major metropolitan city and it's got like Taco Bells and McDonald's and stuff <laughs> like that, it still feels like you're sort of separated arrest- away from the rest of the community. Yeah. Cause yeah. they're like, anytime I go to Dundalk, it's somebody going like, you know, like, well, you know, they just opened up a new Walmart not too far away from here. And it's just like, wow. it's been the talk of the town. It's like, well, well, okay. Well, I can see why that would be. <laughs> of course. But of course. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's the kind of thing where, like, when you're in L.A., you can only think about getting away from L.A. But then you <laughs> go places like home and you're like, oh, God, please get me back to L.A. Just these people are too nice and they talk too much and I want my pretentious assholes again. <laughs> the idea of New York though, I feel like is a, uh, with the little stop in New York here yeah, at yeah. the beginning. Like I, I, I feel like I've genuinely missed New York. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, there's a certain energy that just being within the city limits of New York provides. There's an energy that a 4am closing time will give you. Yes. <laughs> uh, which is dangerous for people. We it's, know it's just going to be nice that I, I, uh, I'm going to be able to go visit and and see that again Mm because it's one of those, you know, it's like Vegas now. Like before I only used to be able to go to Vegas once every 10 years or so. Yep. I felt like flying out there, but now I can go all the time. And New York was, I could go there anytime I want. And I used to go there multiple times a year or, you know, like all the time when I went to school there. Yeah. But like, uh, there, there's like this feeling of like, I can't go there anymore. So now this is more of a excursion. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd still, I'm upset that I'm not going to have my decompress vacation, but, yeah. um, plus minus of this construction is almost done at work, but it won't be done until the first week of January. And I feel like 
this might be the best course of events that <laughs> first I week of January 2021. Or no, no, we are almost there. We're they're doing final installs. There's marble floors. The walls are painted. I I I still feel like if I uh, drove by tonight, I'd still still see an alarming amount of plastic hanging up. Oh no. I don't know. Oh. And there's some fancy signage lit up outside. Oh. Mm, very Maybe fancy. Maybe I'll have to make a little trip. I mean, ignore the trailer outside with <laughs> the bathroom in it. The bathrooms are coming. That's the last <laughs> thing that we're doing. But no, so I had, you know, when I was mulling over whether or not I should just like go on vacation and forget about the birthday thing, uh, I was thinking the worst thing that could happen is I go take five or six days somewhere. I really decompress and I'm like back in a good headspace. And then I come in and I have like the last rushed week of construction. Yeah. Which undoes all of that. And then it's like, great, we're in a new space. Now I need another vacation. Yeah. And now I'm still planning on going somewhere. So maybe it is the best that I'll come back and whip everybody into shape and get stuff done and then go on vacation after that. You know, it's so weird. The the differences between our the way our lives operate is that like I, I sort of get that decompression time just by not being hired for things. Like, you know, I'm not <laughs> in charge of when I go to work. So I have to be hired to do so. So, like, you know, there's times like, what was that? Like, you know, in the middle of the year here during the summer, there, it felt like for two months straight I was working every single day. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, man, all I want is one day to handle all this, like, business shit that I just have, like, ha- hanging around. And now, like, finally I've gotten to the point where, like, it's slowed down a little bit. And I still have this stuff that I need to get to. And I'm just like, oh, well, you know, a little bit later in the day I'll get to <laughs> It just keeps getting pushed off until. Motherfucker. <laughs> It's yes. like you finally get the day to catch that up. That must be nice. <laughs> yes. Sleeping till you want to get up and then. <sighs> <laughs> Today was the perfect. I, I woke up. This happens sometimes. I wake up. Uh, I have 190,000 notifications on my phone. So like I'm laying in bed just like swiping through like mm-hmm. Twitter, like, mm-hmm. you know, Rise of Skywalker is about to come up. I'm just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Tinder, <laughs> Tinder, Bumble. Yeah, all this. Right? Going through all my notifications. Mm-hmm. And then it takes so long for me to get through them that I eventually fall back asleep <laughs> with my phone still in my hand. And then I wake up like today. I woke up at like 1230 or something like that. I like, huh? And I was just like, fuck, I fell asleep again. <laughs> like, How did this happen? I was up at 530 this morning <laughs> and then drove to LAX. Yeah. By the way. If you really want to start a Monday off right, <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> how to do it. Drive to LAX. Wake up at five thirty, drive to LAX, and then drive from LAX to Hollywood, where <laughs> there is no good way to get there. I'm cutting through like La Cienica and then Beverly, and it, it's another. another confu- it, <laughs> as much as Baltimore can be confusing sometimes, it's pretty simple. There's a big circle going around it. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can you can take this highway, the circle all around the city. And get dropped off close to wherever you need to be. Yep. And then maneuver your way to where you need to go. If you're going east west, there's the four there's forty that you could take almost all the to way like to like cut city. across. Yep. Uh but other than that, like, you know, it's just sort of going around the loop. LA is like I don't know. Like there's nothing that connects like the west side to anything in the middle. Like you can take the ten east mm-hmm. to like get towards the one oh one and then go up to Hollywood. Which, if you were like looking at a map, is like going like north and then east and then north. Like yep. it's doing like this weird. And there's no like as the crow flies route. And the ten in the morning. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. To the one ten, which is worse. <laughs> and then you get a little break because it's only a little terrible on the one hundred one to get to Hollywood. <laughs> um, or I could take the four hundred five through the Cuenca Pass to the one hundred one and then back through the mountains again, <laughs> which I, I've. 
never contemplated suicide, but even <laughs> thinking about making that drive at seven o'clock in the morning, I think I would have just gotten the thing up to speed and then just rolled out the door and just hoped for the best. Uh, let's see what happens. Um, but it makes me think of one of my favorite podcasts, Hidden History of L.A., where they talk about the Beverly Hills freeway yeah. that was supposed to run from the two through the 101. And then, and I think like, oh, Hollywood is so beautiful with all of the old houses. And then I have a morning like today and I'm like, you know what? Plow it Blow all down. all down. Just, I need a freeway from the 405 that takes me to Hollywood. I don't care what you have to mow down in the process. Just whatever it takes. It would mean the end of the La Brea Tar Pits. Let it Good. be. Good. <laughs> They've had an 8 million year run. It's long enough. And you know, it wouldn't have to be the end of it. I need like, to get to Hollywood. The Brea just have it underneath the freeway. The Brea Tar Pits would just be a uh, like the DMV in, in downtown. Where it's just like always shady because it's underneath <laughs> the freeway and it's like well yeah here's some pictures of la brea back in a few years ago like why is there sun oh yeah that was before the nine lane freeway <laughs> came in over top of us uh i'm just so excited that at some point in the next four to five months i'll get my uh sticker my <laughs> california EV sticker. yeah and then everyone will be laughing when i'm driving on my free my uh hov lanes yeah, so be moving, moving at a clip, 45 <laughs> miles an hour compared to the 20 miles an hour everybody else is traveling. Moving at. a brisk 30. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so uh, not to be too hyper-local, which <laughs> no one in LA got any of that. Uh, here's my comparison that I always make. Uh, right before we moved, uh, I lived 35 minutes from work. Mm-hmm. I also lived 35 miles from work. Yeah. Right now, I live 35 minutes from work, and I work three miles away. <laughs> that is what it is. That's yeah. the city of L.A. in a nutshell. Um, well, it, to me, it's amazing that, like, so, like, I, I used to, coming from Nelson's to uh, Ridgely's Delight was 14 cool. miles. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it would take, I was always fighting, I was always going against traffic. Right. So, like, I was always moving a lot quicker than the people who are trying to leave the city at night and get to the city in the morning. Uh, so I would, I would, you know, make it in 20-ish minutes or something like that. Mm. But I keep thinking about, like, I'm 14 miles away from, like, Santa Monica yeah. like, right now. And there's not a chance in the world that I'd ever get there in under 20 minutes unless it's, like, 4 a.m. Yep. Uh, and there was no way. And if I'm pushing it too, like it's not like I could leisurely get there in 20 minutes if I wanted. <laughs> like to it be would fair. be like I'd have to be pushing 80 to get there. You got to Nelson's in 20 minutes in a car. If you had to take public yeah. transportation, well, <laughs> I'll get there eventually. It's anybody's guess at what time the light rail decides to show up. I don't know why. It just reminded me of the morning that it wasn't Facebook because we didn't have Facebook Messenger then. It might have just been text where you're like three trains. Three trains have not shown up. What the hell is this? I got to work three hours late. The Baltimore Light Rail. Where is the schedule? It's merely a suggestion. And meanwhile, uh, I would run up to the train because it would be sitting in the station and it would pull away. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to be late for class. And another train would just pull up right behind it. And I'd be like, okay, I'll get on this one, I guess. I don't know. You know, Uh, although it did run on the street. So there's a chance that it could have gotten hijacked by somebody. I don't want to say, you know, uh, it's Baltimore. So the clock boys are taking up. <laughs> Moving on up to trains. <laughs> the train's going down. There's just two bikes in front. <laughs> Light rail just with the front wheels all the way. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway. Yes. Uh, so uh, in in uh, conclusion, Merry Christmas. <laughs> happy holidays. 
<laughs> come find us if you need us. Yeah, if you're in Maryland, uh, if you're listening in Maryland, come find us there. Uh, we will be in New York next weekend. Yeah. So as you're not li- as you're listening to this, two days ago. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, if you're watching it live, well, you have a chance. <laughs> so. Corey, who's watching live on Facebook right now, has a chance to meet us. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're anywhere else, if you're watching on any of the other uh, the other sources, you can find us in New York next weekend, um, which would be the 20th, yeah, 21st, 22nd in New York. So come check us out there. Otherwise, catch us in Maryland. Um, if you're from the East Coast, we always love to see the fans say hello. Um well, a lot of those fans are family and friends. Also, too. that's true too. Well, I mean, not family. Literally, I don't think literally anyone in my family listens. To this I have warned my parents not to listen to the podcast, and my sister used to listen, but now she's got a toddler in the car, so it is not appropriate think, for children. I think there's time, like Rachel listens on the the live stream from time to time just to get a taste, mm-hmm, but. Mm-hmm. I'd, Listening to Thank God. the idea of coming through with me and you just driving her to work would be mind. I mean, torture. For I, probably so. I mean, she's got to deal with it all other times that are not the podcast. So it's she probably gets enough. <laughs> she's got enough abuse. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Oh, Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Hanukkah. Uh, Merry Kwanzaa. Is it Merry? Merry Kwanzaa. I thought it was happy. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. That sounds right. Uh, or happy Christmas if you're in <laughs> Europe. Uh, wherever holiday you celebrate, I hope that yours is more joyful than mine certainly will be. Um, do you have to go to church on Christmas? No, not anymore. Yeah, so you guys aren't even the uh, Easter Christmas Catholics anymore. No, we, we've... Uh, uh, part of the... Uh, it's a little bit more than a decade now, but <laughs> part of the last decade has been the Catholic Church continuing to try and drive people away from coming to... Mm. <laughs> their services with their crazy antics. I so. mean, you do live down the street from one of the most beautiful Catholic churches. Oh, it looks gorgeous. In the world. Yeah. That isn't in Rome. Yeah. How many Basilica's pretty nice, though. I've gone to the Basilica. Oh, yeah, I mean, so yeah, in both cities in which you li- yeah. have lived in this decade, you've lived very close to a very beautiful cathedral and or basilica, mm-hmm. depending on the city. And uh, how many times have you been to the L.A.? cathedral none you've never been there no i thought you did mass there once no mm. there's gonna be have to be a lot of uh what's it called the penance pen- no but the, when you go in to get the penance confession oh, confession yeah there's a long confession session before Corey can go back into church <laughs> I, feel, I feel like i wouldn't be doing myself any favors either if i just walked in <laughs> <laughs> uh, forgive me father for i've sinned i haven't been to church in oh i don't know probably 16 years or so <laughs> Now that is not true because <laughs> it's just like you used to go to mass at uh, Hofstra, which wasn't a church, but it was still mass. <laughs> that was uh, 2002, so that was like 20 years ago. <laughs> yes, that would be 18 years ago now. Yeah, <sighs> we are old, old. So that's a great transition <laughs> to uh, a little bit of the decade in review. Yeah. <sighs> So, so yes, let's. Uh, uh, I I put music first on the thing. I don't know if that really. Well, I, I you know I say we just uh, transition to the personal stuff because as you pointed out, because uh, I needed to be disheartened a little bit more coming into this episode, we're going to be in our forties in this next decade, uh, which means that we were in our mid twenties coming into the twenty tens, and we're exiting in our mid thirties. Mm-hmm. And where did the time go? <laughs> um. 
So, personally speaking, uh, this time, 10 years ago, I was in law school at Hofstra University. I was just about to transfer to UB. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means that we are coming up on the 10th anniversary of moving in together. Yeah. Which doesn't sound, it is not as salacious as it may sound on the surface. Uh, we moved into Ridgely's Delight in January of 2010. Really? Yeah. Wow. I forgot the exact year, but. Yep. Uh, yeah. A decade ago now. God. Yeah. Incredible. Now, and reminding everyone who may have missed, you know, the first 10 episodes or so, it was the kitchen at Ridgely's Delight where Corey first suggested that we do this crazy thing <laughs> about talking into mics for the internet. And I said, ah, Corey, I, you know, I've never even heard of this thing. I don't think anybody's doing it. Meanwhile, a couple of guys you may know named Adam Carroll and Joe Rogan started theirs. And Mark and Marin, yeah. Mark Marin. And look where they are. <laughs> and look where we are. We really should have started back then. Yeah. And we were living. I mean, it would have been so easy. Just like, hey, let's. There's no video aspect of it. YouTube was like not really even a thing. Then. I think you could only upload like 15 minutes worth of content at a time on YouTube, too. So, yeah. So we would have been on the cutting edge. Mm -hmm. Uh and it only took five years for us to get to actually get around to it. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Better late than never. Uh, but yeah, we moved into Ridgely's Delight 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, I was midway through my law school education, uh, which means that my entire law career happened in this decade. Yeah. Uh, unless I go back to it, which, uh, again, uh, I've never seriously contemplated suicide, but the thought of that also makes me kind of want to just end it all. I... <laughs> Can't imagine having to go back and do that all again. Whew. Man, it was bad. I'm kind of glad I'm here at this point. Like, yes. It, it feels like uh, coming into the 2010s, uh, I was... I didn't know exactly how to do the things I wanted to do. You know you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. you're, you're young, and you feel like you're an adult, and you feel like you should be, like, making all the decisions that are going to make you... The powerful, rich person you will yeah. be one day, yeah. but you just feel so like it, it, you know you're, it feels like you're a child at the same time. Where like you're dependent on other people to survive. Like the uh, the meme of like uh, when you think, "Oh my god, I need an adult." Oh my god, I am an adult. <laughs> I need an adultier adult. Like that was basically us at twenty five. Um, just trying to figure out. Oh man, I'm just thinking about Ridley's delight. So. Were you single when we moved into Ridgely's Delight? Yes. You were. I was not. Um, I was I was horrifically single at that point. Long time single. Yeah. Yes. And change I think I, of I think, fortunes. I think you, I had been single for like a year. Yeah. Or more at that point. Maybe more. Yeah. Because uh, 2007 was when you came down to uh, the Eastern Shore. To my other place mm -hmm. with your ex, yeah, and my ex, but we weren't together at that point. That was before you that got was together, right? Before, and yep. we were together for like nine months. So right. probably 2008 was that whole year. So like two years, and then 2009, 2010, ah, and yeah. then year yeah. and a half, year and a half. And I was in a horrible situation. <laughs> the never-ending story. The never-ending story situation. Part one, and <laughs> funny because. I was actually in relationships the entirety of the aughts. Yeah. I mean, Joyce is the only one I'm going to name. And then there was <laughs> yeah. 
the Eastern Shore Girl. Yeah. And then there was the Never Ending Story. Yeah. All separated by one year. So it was like right. uh, Joyce wasn't even separated from a year. Oh, the other thing. But um, so 10 years, three relationships, four years, three years, three years. So wh- what's that math? That's 10. Yeah. That's four, three, three. That's 10. Oh, that's though, on, though on my side, I feel like I had a four year relationship followed almost immediately by a five year. No, coming into this decade. Yes. Yeah. Because I ended that in 2011. Right. Well, <clears throat> it was ended in 2011. <laughs> And then I was single for a while. Yeah. Until. Well, you were at that point. And you were just like, "Fuck everybody." Yeah. Don't want to. I don't want to get married. I'm just doing me. Married. Just doing me. <laughs> um. So it's weird because we really switched this decade, decade and the one before, very much different on the relationship front. Because I yeah. went from Mr. Monogamous to not monogamous at all <laughs> until the end. Uh, if, in case you're watching, yeah. until the end of that. This particular decade. Um, and you went from like period of a singleness broken up by monogamy to like back to back. Well, not back to back, but two long term relationships. Yeah. In that Mr. You became Mr. Monogamous. Yeah. Well, I mean, monogamous. <laughs> but you know what I mean? In case you're listening, this is, a, <laughs> this is an air quote situation. Uh, <laughs> I always forget we. This is a audio medium. We do it visually, but like the visual gags don't really uh, don't really play on the podcast. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just good. I mean, the entirety of my film career has been in this decade yeah. too, and I I think that probably around two thousand, probably around two thousand ten is when I started writing the most seriously. Like mm-hmm. when I started getting into that part of the process. And, and our then second twelve was when I when I started like actually sh- shooting things. Yeah, I was gonna say the uh, lights of Baltimore. That was uh, twenty twelve. That yeah. was the um, the other apartment, um, Park Charles. Park Charles apartment, yeah. right? Yeah, out the window of the Park Charles. So that was the next year after we we got the lease for a year, mm-hmm. and then we moved, and it was about like halfway through that lease when we yeah. went to Baltimore. Yeah, and then you went to film school. Yeah, the next year. Yeah, God, to think I I was. Like everything I've been working, every it, it it's this is more like it. I feel like when I was talking about like coming into this decade and you're yeah. 25 and you're like, I feel like I should be an adult and I should be doing the things that are important and stuff like that. Like this decade has set the 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 table for the success that I will have mm-hmm. in the 2020s. But it's hard for people to understand. Like when I was, you know, in 2012, when I'm like shooting videos with a video camera out the window and stuff like that, how that could lead to this. Yeah, you know, it's hard to. <clears throat> explain you know this is the same sort of thing i have with like explaining to people like writing like uh there's the old the the old phrase uh, uh my wife doesn't understand how sitting on the couch watching tv is writing sometimes and uh, it feels like boy do i know that <clears throat> there's like a there's a feeling of like people who are looking at me at the beginning when i'm starting with this sort of thing don't understand the little things that i'm doing to set up the future yeah but i i mean like right now everything feels great it feels like a progress well made you know yeah and even though it took eight years to get from there to here, it's still eight years in the right direction, you know? And film school 2013 led mm-hmm. to going back to the job, which yep. you realized wasn't really what you wanted to do. Right. Um, Was not going to give me the the satisfaction I wanted in the long term. Yeah. And then, uh, so we moved out here 2016, right? Yes. Late so, 2016, November. Yep. So that means that it was... Christmas of 2015, so five years ago that you gave me Hollywood Drive, mm-hmm. and then I went on vacation, 
came back from Dominican Republic in January 2016 and said, hey, um, let's do this. Let's move to L.A. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about sports in a bit, but just uh, the sports is what kept us. We actually were I think we were ready to go in like September. That was the original plan. And then it was like, well, wait a second. Uh, this team's looking pretty good. So maybe we should stick it out and see what happens. I think it was earlier than that, really. I, I feel like we had the like sort of initial discussion in like mm. May or June. Now, that, we were just it sort was of even like, earlier than that because I gave notice in March. Yeah. So I think it was like March, I need to wrap up by July 1st because I think we were talking about mid to late July. Right. But at the All-Star But then break, we sort of had this like, uh, we've invested all this money in Oriole tickets. Yeah. Yep. And this team looks like it might be good. Yeah. And we don't want to be out of town if all of a sudden there's Orioles playoff games at Camden Yards. Hey, Orioles World Series games yeah. at Camden Yards. I don't want to fly back from L.A. because I will absolutely fly back <laughs> I will LA. absolutely use all the money I'm supposed to be surviving <laughs> for a couple of months on <laughs> to fly back. home and buy World Series tickets. Yeah. Um, wow. So And that would have been the first year of the podcast? Second year of the podcast. Because we started in 2014, April 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we've we been doing... The podcast has been all this decade, too. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Man. So it you really has been this weird transition. And I feel like now, looking back at it... And it, what what I really like about the podcast is sort of like a, a point of, of this time is, you know, like we when we started it, we sort of said, like, uh, I would love to be able to listen to... I, I think the example I gave to you is, like, I would love to know that Christopher Nolan had a podcast yep. before he got big, like him and Jonathan Nolan sitting there talking about films yep. before they even shot their first one and be able to watch like their entire progression, like as like a, like what, what it looks like when you're starting out to like when you're getting there kind of yeah. thing. And, and that was that. a part of, part of the, the thought process I had here. Like, you know, if one day uh great, uh, fame and notoriety <laughs> comes to one or both of us, then we'll be me tooed immediately <laughs> by whatever we said on the podcast. Uh, well, not me, me tooed, I guess it wouldn't be me tooed, but we will be ruined by <laughs> some early episode of the podcast. Yeah. Um, possibly the episode, uh, hashtag stupid Rob. That could possibly be the end of my career once it starts taking off. Um, I feel, like, I feel like I thought a lot less about consequences earlier on the podcast. <laughs> when it was just us shouting into the dark and our 10 friends who were listening. Yeah, the void of... It was a lot different. <laughs> Maybe if we lose like the first 150 episodes strangely <laughs> somewhere. Uh, we could, we'll put it in the Disney vault, we'll just like it, Song of the South. We'll put it on a server and send it to Ukraine. <laughs> But um, <laughs> that's not how servers work these days. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think that, that that does play nicely that uh, some of the things that aren't related to us from this decade, the Orioles, yeah. their winningest decade since the 60s, 70s, basically, the 10 years between well, the 60s Well, I mean, and like 70s. between 66 and 83, we were the winningest team in any sport. So yeah. um, we had a nice little run there for three decades. And we got a couple of years in this decade that yeah. were all right. Um. But I mean, like this appearances. has been the this has been the decade of Manny. This has been the decade of, you know, Adam Jones and yeah. Chris Davis and, uh, and you know, uh, Chris Davis. Or, I mean, uh, Adam Jones just retired. Uh, no, he's he's playing in Japan now. Uh, retired from the MLB. Yeah, okay. moved on yeah, from yeah. the MLB. Uh, and I would be really happy if you know Chris Davis also retired from the MLB <laughs> and moved on to Japanese baseball. That'd be amazing. Um, Manny, I want nothing but the best for. 
dishearteningly yeah. want nothing but the best for. Like, I really like him to see to be doing better in Baltimore, but you know, say Levy, not the haircuts. Keep the haircuts in LA. <laughs> um, but um, so we had, we had playoff baseball, which I think the decade before we would not have imagined would have been possible. No. Because uh, no. we had season tickets in some years where things were dire. I mean, people who have season tickets now, God bless you. That uh, We went through that the first couple years. Like, like the Larry Bigby years and stuff like that? Just, I think you said it before on the podcast. I've started listening to some of the old episodes, and one of the things that, that I heard you say on one of the episodes I listened to was just like, you remember when we put a lot of faith in so-and-so? And it's just <laughs> like, no, 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 you don't understand. They know what they're doing. This guy, he's really got it. Like, Jeffrey Fiorentino is going to be the next big thing. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you, know, you put together, we drove to Detroit Yeah, on one day's notice. We drove to Detroit yeah. to see a playoff game. Um, that happened in this decade. Uh, and also, uh, the Ravens got themselves a Super Bowl yeah. this decade. Um, in the, uh, in the blackout game. Yes. Uh, Kaepernick was in a Super Bowl this decade. I that, immediately, <laughs> I immediately what I thought was, soon as you said, I'm like, was Colin Kaepernick the quarterback yeah. of that team? And he was. He yeah. was the 49ers quarterback in that game. Sure was. Ray Rice was on that team, too. Good grief. Oh, but you know what? Yeah. Uh, so was uh, Ray Lewis. Yeah. And Ed, Ed Reed. Reed. Yeah. Uh, Suggs, yes. Mm-hmm. That was at the beginning of the Suggs era, I think, right? No. The middle? I mean, Suggs is in the 17th year of his career right now. So Man, he... He's basically been in the NFL for as long as we haven't been in college. That is crazy. Yeah. And he looks like he's 15. He looks like a big 15-year-old. Mm, I, mean, uh, I don't know about that. I haven't <laughs> seen pictures of him recently. <laughs> he's like, well, I mean, like he's got the benefit of black don't crack. But, I mean, <laughs> he's not. He's certainly not looking looking 15. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that on. I would say I think he looks the same as he did in their Super Bowl year in 2012. Yeah, I mean, more or less. But I guess yeah, if you get beat up for 10 years or beat up for 17 years, yeah. they uh, kind of look the same. So. And that smile. Something tells me. Something tells me that even though he has like incredible size, like yeah. he's just like like a massively large man. That like as he ages, like when he turns like 70, 80 years old, he's gonna be like one of those old blues magicians that, <laughs> that looks like he's been living in an alley for twenty years. Like just like, or, like you know, like Ed Reed has like the big, huge white beard yes. now, and like the looks his age. Yeah, <laughs> I imagine we're gonna have a similar thing with Suggs at one point. We're just gonna. He's going to have like little sprouts of hair like, I remember when football was football. <laughs> <laughs> well, nonetheless, thank you to all of you gentlemen, uh, but not Joe Flacco. Uh, <laughs> oh, thank you, Joe Flacco. <laughs> it's an incredible run. <laughs> yes. Uh, for anyone who gives me a Super Bowl, I'm, I'm happy. For, I, I, I have no complaints. I don't. And the, the first one they won was in 2002, uh, two? three, 2001. One. Yeah. Game played in 2002, though, right? Or was yes. it 2000? Yeah, game was played in 2002. Yes, I believe so. It's the 2001 season, February 2002 for the Super Bowl. And I want to say that here's where we are in age. I want to say, I think I was a little too young to appreciate it then. But I feel like we were in college and it was just like, yeah, of course. Of course the Ravens are in the Super Bowl. It was high school. God damn it. Yeah. That yes. would have been right before we went to college. You're right. Yeah. That was the year that we would have graduated high school. The thing I remember most from 2001, which is not the decade we're talking about, but is that everyone is obsessed with Ravens car flags. Like at literally every single like 
scummy person. Yes. Mostly the Dundalk people would be <laughs> like on any available piece of parcel anywhere in the county, like selling flags. Yeah. And like yeah. any other bootleg goods they could get on like a folding table. The Raven don't look exactly right on this flag, <laughs> but it's only $3. But so. people would be buying like five of them for every window of their car. Yeah. And like if you're driving along the highway, it was like cicada season, like avoiding <laughs> Raven flags. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> oh man but yeah so we got another super bowl one that we can remember yeah one that we uh that i remember watching well i think the the thing that was most exciting to me about this super bowl with the the most recent raven super bowl is that like it was the perfect age for me to be able to like go out and celebrate and enjoy it properly like yeah. we were we were in brooklyn watching it at the time which is just like a short little hop skim and jump from like fed hill and as soon as the game was like final, we're like all running to our cars to like get downtown and see the calamity. And uh, there were people dancing on moving cars, and there were people like flipping over, oh Baltimore, <laughs> you know, like post uh, mailboxes and stuff like that. Uh, it was great stuff. It was Baltimore. enjoyable, and the the parade was funny as well. So, ah, uh, well, maybe we can have another one to to wrap up the decade. Uh, Yes. That'd be so lovely. Open the decade, close the decade. That'd be great. Yep. Um, but uh, I know you want to talk about music. Did you have the music pulled up there or was it the movies? I had movies pulled up first. All right. Let, yeah, I think movies are probably better because we're going to disagree about the music no matter what. So, yeah. I mean, um, like, I really don't think there's too much to speak of as far as like the music goes, as far as like specific moments in music. Yeah. Because I feel like, uh, I mean, I could wrap this up pretty quickly. I feel like this has been one of the worst decades for music ever. And I feel like sort of the artistry and the, the musical talents of the people of this decade has been so much worse than any other. And I really do feel like, uh, there has been a, not to say that like music of the nineties was like better than music of the eighties or something like that, or that, you know, it's better than music now or something like that. But the, there was, it feels like there was a definite, shift in how good music was from the moment that Napster became a thing mm -hmm. like a a you could do it like Jesus like a AD and uh BC version of Napster you know sure. because I feel like as soon as that changed the dynamic of how people make money in music it changed how what kind of people we allowed to be inside the guarded walls of music let me put this metaphor for like you. the only way Post Malone would be allowed to be an artist before Napster would be if he was like a Bob Dylan type. Yeah. Where it's like he's so folksy and so different that people are enjoying him for his difference. You know? He would never be like a number one artist in the world type person. No. But the reason why he's number one artist in the world type person now is because there is a humongous marketing machine behind making him seem like he's more important than he is. And Bob Dylan didn't have any kind of marketing machine behind him. Well, no, but all. I mean, like, Bob Dylan didn't have the same sort of marketing machine where you could, like, you know, if <laughs> if you really want people who sniff glue to, like, Post Malone, you can hyper-target those people specifically and show them Post Malone videos on their Facebook feed, and then they think Post Malone is everywhere, and then they start talking about it all the time. You know, like, I, I feel like... We we ran through like the the uh, 2010 top songs, yeah. And I mean, like all the artists are more or less the same. There's nobody there who like isn't around today. I mean, uh, whoever did G6. Yeah, I mean that was the only one that I didn't like instantly Black recognize. Black Eyed Peas. Well, I mean the Black Eyed Peas. Like I'm sure if they released an album right now, like it would be yeah, people would probably buy it. Yeah, people are dumb. But, but I mean, me, like people me... know who they are. I mean, it, it's not like they've lost like 
cultural relevance per se. Like it, it was all like Rihanna and Eminem and Kesha and Katy Perry and all that, like to lead off the decade. Let me propose a metaphor to you. Okay. Cell phones. Mm-hmm. They used to be the businessman's tool. That right. was it. And then we hit this point where it became much more egalitarian and the, the products suffered for a long time. I'm imagining the Moto Razor sidekick thing where it like popped the screen up and like did the thing. And um, it was just a sidekick, I think. Yeah. So, wait, what was the pink Moto (coughs) something? No, it wasn't the kick up. It was the slide up. Yeah, the the slide slide up. Yeah. And that phone was a piece of garbage. Right. I got the insurance on that. I had one of those for someone and I got the insurance on it. I must have gotten five or six replacements of that. Because that sliding mechanism was the worst. It broke. It would just all the slide time. straight off. It would just literally it. pop off, and the wires would still be there, but it'd be hanging by the wires. Yeah, and you couldn't get it back on. Anyway, here's my point: when it was for businessmen only, they knew what the product was, and they were e- it was easy to kind of like fashion it for them. It became really egalitarian and became really bad for a while. But now we've grown into where it's like we can be egalitarian and have a good product, right? You would, I'm, despite the fact that I hate Apple. At the Apple uh, iPhone 11 Pro is an amazing product. Yeah. The uh, Pixel 3a, not so much a 4, 3a, I think is an amazing product. Mm-hmm. And there are some, comp- I mean, Samsung uh, Note uh, 11 is yeah. also very good. Um, and there are some like really highlighted uh, cell phones out there. Now, there's still some garbage, but the cream has risen to the top. I think that the 2010s, have been that egalitarian portion of music where streaming, where SoundCloud and those kind of platforms made it easy for everyone to get their sound out. And we are so used to the gilded gates of music from the decades before that all we really need to do is give it some time until we get to the iPhone 11 Pixel 3 period of music where we put the walls back up and we stop just letting all the garbage get in. See, I I would disagree with this because so much of the change in technology has been about uh, what is available and how much does it cost. So, uh, you know, like back in the days where you used to have brick cell phones. Yeah. Like, and, you know, it was connected to your your Mercedes Benz. Like, and that's how you made calls. Uh, then yeah, that, that wasn't great because it, See, that was, that was that, the, that was the limit of the technology Blackberry. at the time. Blackberry is right. what I'm talking about. Okay. Blackberry was a, almost a perfect platform for a phone. I loved my Blackberry. You yeah, loved yeah. your Blackberry. Mm-hmm. And then shortly thereafter, there came this slew of smartphones that weren't really that smart. Right. It was they were trying garbage. to figure out a way to make the smartphone before it was available. Yeah. Because egalitarian, let's give it to everybody. It's not just for businessmen anymore. I had a Motorola Q in 2002, and everyone said, why would you need to check your email from anywhere that wasn't your computer? By the way, I'm looking at all of you Hofstra class of 2006 who were like, look at this guy checking Facebook on his phone. Who cares about that? That's what I say. (laughs) It's a visual gag if you go watch the video. Um, But no, so, so... Eventually, though, we've come out of that egalitarian junk phase into a better phase. See, uh, the, the, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that uh, the, as far as technology of the decade, we've been, we've been trying to push things. I mean, like, obviously, business wants to get their device in the hands of as many people as possible. And the only people who cell phones made sense for in the beginning were just business people because yeah. they could afford it and they had a need. And as the technology became cheaper 
and people more people were able to buy the phones because i mean like you know we 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 look at a new iphone 11 and go like oh my god twelve hundred dollars for that with 500 gigs of story or whatever you know you say to yourself like that's huge cost but the, no, no, cost, of the cost of the big brick phone was twelve hundred i think you're missing too. the metaphor it's not the cost or the technology it's that there is a place where the thing is only the access to the thing is very hard mm-hmm. then it becomes very egalitarian but then it switches back and we go back from total egalitarian nature of, of phones where any company's putting out a phone. Coke might have had a phone at that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, now Facebook had a phone. Facebook had a phone. Yeah. Windows had many phones. I think they still do, but not very good ones. And now we have a small number of really good phones again. Mm-hmm. So things like Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, they for a while have been super egalitarian. Anyone can put anything on the platform. Spotify is stopping that now. Here, here's here's where the here's where the meta, where I'm trying to explain where the metaphor breaks loose for me is that uh, with technology, it constantly was improving. Yeah. It was constantly getting faster and smaller and capable of more. And people were looking at Blackberries when they at the beginning of the decade and saying, "I wish we could do more. Mm-hmm. I wish there was more." features we could put into this and like the iphone comes along and that changes the game and like there's apps now and that was never a way to think about how we could deliver this service and then over the course of the decade it becomes everything and people are trying to take what came before and build upon it whereas in music they're not trying to build upon the thing that came before they're not trying to make better music every year they're just trying to make music that sells and the problem is that by by focusing purely on the metrics of music and like, you know, streams and how popular somebody is on Instagram or like how many times people search for him in a year or any of those sort of things like that, that takes away the problem with music is that like right, right now there's some, some 12 year old who loves coding Mm -hmm. and is playing on a computer and creating something that is going to change the world one day. And he's doing that because there are people out there, regardless of how you feel about them personally, but there are people out there like Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk mm. who are constantly trying to push a new barrier. Tim Cook, who are just constantly trying to create something new and am- amazing. Okay. There's a 12-year-old right now taking that lead and creating something that five years from now, ten years from now, is going to change the world. Okay. There is not somebody who is listening to the music that is coming out today, the Post Malone, the Little little Yachties, all these sort of things, and becoming inspired to create better music because the music that they listened to was of such a low bar that they're not going, it's not going to, it's not the same thing as like when you were a kid and you heard Pink Floyd and you said, what the fuck is this? See, but you're, or like when you heard Nirvana or when you heard like... That's completely wrong. The iPhone came out as an answer to this egalitarian smartphone nonsense. It's yeah. Like, we're going to create something better. Look at all the junk that's out there. Yes, ours is going to cost more. The bar to entry is higher. It's going to be worth it. Right. And the problem, as this always is with this discussion, is we're in the midst of it, and you can't see beyond it. My point is exactly that. Someone is going to come bring the iPhone of music. The problem is the bar right now is... A bar for entry is very low, but... Spotify is changing. Now they're not just letting anyone put anything on Spotify. SoundCloud has a premiere level that is growing in popularity that not everyone can get on. Yeah. And eventually it will filter its way out and we'll be back to the iPhone and the Pixel 3 from the BlackBerry. We're just in the midst of the middle part now. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to uh uh this is something I was thinking about outside before we started the show. Uh let's let's uh end our music discussion right sure. here. 
But uh, before we go, uh, what do you imagine we would be saying in 2030 when we're looking back on this? Do you think that I, I, I will say right now, 2030, the music is going to be worse. If you can believe it, it's going to be worse because the people who are going to be making music in 2030 are listening to the music of 2020 mm-hmm. right now. And that is a problem. That is not going to equal better music later. People are not going to break the streak. It's going to the commercialism and the marketing and the celebrity culture and the everything that that is more important than the actual talent of the musician is going to far outpace it by the time 2020 rolls around. And, you know, there's people like uh, Paris Hilton who released an album Mm -hmm. and it was like, you know, everyone's just like, this is shitty and terrible and awful. And she didn't write the music. She had a high class producer write the music, but there wasn't a way she still had to sing at that point. She's the auto tune wasn't there. Now, if Paris Hilton was a thing now, as opposed to when she was, and she released an album, it would be the number one album in the country. And everyone would be saying like, oh my God, Paris Hilton has such a beautiful singing voice. And I'm like, it's a robot that's doing that. Okay, it's so only going to get worse. 2030, it's going to be worse. I'm going to, I couldn't believe that I would say that this is the worst decade ever for music, ever, period, ever, but it is. True or false, you listen to the same music today that you did when you were 25. I mean, some of it, yes, but I mean, like. The great I, majority of what you listen to today is what you listened to when you were 25. No. Pink Floyd. I listen to it from time to time, but I don't listen to it as much as I did then. And Analic. Yes, but again, not as much as I did. Uh, the, the, I would say, I would say that. Uh, what has changed about your musical interest between I would twenty-five say, and thirty-five? I would say that my music listening is fifty percent Google Play Music and fifty percent Spotify. Okay. And when I I'm got Spotify, hold on, how you consume hold on, hold on, it. I'm what? saying what you're consuming. No, no, no. I'm saying the stuff that's on my Spotify list of like the songs I've liked have been things that have come out since I got Spotify. There's not a lot of like old school bangers in my Spotify. It's mostly new things. Every time I've been in the car with you, I've been listening to the same playlist that you've had since we rode in the car together. And that's Google that's Google Play Music where okay. I have all my old music. That's my library of old music okay. that was like on my iPod and stuff like so that. So let's say it's not So ex- like there was like a cultural sh- or there was a shift in me for music between when I got Spotify and before I had Spotify. Sure. So would you say that it is similar music that you're listening to now than what you listen to at 25, even if it's not the same artist? Singer-songwriters, mainly female singer-songwriters. Mm-hmm. Yes? Yeah, rock. And rock music. Yeah, metal, okay. punk. So, uh, my point is, you are the rule. that says, There is a, a psychological study that was done that says, whatever music you listen to between 22 and 26, you will find to be the best music for your entire life. And everything no. before that will be leading to your great music, and everything after it will be shit. And you are exactly proving that. Whereas no, I, 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 I couldn't disagree more because the, the, the. You're literally agreeing. That's your no. point. Your point is that everything that's come out has been, except for the music you like, is shit. No, I'm saying. Oh my god, it's the same oh, argument always. No, 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 no. I no. can concede. Is, I can concede is, points that Little Yachty is not the, is not great music. There was SoundCloud a, has had a negative impact on music. That's absolutely true. But I can also say that if you look at my top artists for 2019, it's very similar to what I listened to 2018 and 2017 with some other stuff mixed in. But it's the music I listened to when I was 25. I just happened to listen to rap when at I, 25. When and I was, you have listened to female singer songwriters. I listen to rap as well. But I'm saying like at 20 in 2010. 10, I went into record and tape traders and I bought like 20 CDs at a clip, right? Like I would go in there, they'd have like a buy one, get a, one for a penny sale or something like that. And I would buy 50 CDs at a time and I would have trouble 
rounding it down to the 50 I wanted. Because I'd be going through, I'd be like, oh man, I want this, I want this, I want that. I it, it was difficult for me to figure out like what I wanted to listen to. The problem now is that there's more options right now for music than there is ever it, before. It's egalitarian. Every single every yes. single day, there, there are more album or more songs being released from artists you've never heard of that are are bring, uh, uh, more than that would be released in an, a year sometimes probably. Yes. Uh, in the days before, but. It's just not the same because okay. the number of the number of songs that would have been on my Google Play or like I would have downloaded and put on my iPod at in 2010 is uh, more in one year than I probably have in the last five years. Ask your dad what the best music was. Okay, and he's going to say something probably from the 70s and 80s, and everything that's come after that has been fallen woefully short of what the great music was in the 70s and 80s. Right, because. What you listen to in your twenties is what locks you in. No, I, I I like I like other music. It's not it's not all the same thing. I think you would. The I think fact you would, that you won't. The fact that and again, my point was music today is so egalitarian. The uh, the bar for entry is very low. However, it is a natural progression that the bar will be raised and all of this stuff will all go away. I, all I want all I want is something something artistically satisfying. Right. Female singer-songwriters and rock music rock band music. You want to get back to the music that you like. And I get that. That is what everyone those, wants. Those the are the entire, those are the only ones that haven't slipped since The entire MAGA movement is based upon you know, the fact that they want the thing that they want and they don't want change. You know I what, understand that. You know what hasn't what has not gotten perceptively worse in the decade? What's that? As opposed to where it was when it started is mm-hmm. like metal music or punk music or folk music or things like that. If you look at country at the beginning of 2010, which I like some country. I'm not a huge mm-hmm. country fan, but I have plenty of country on my iPod. Uh, or on my Google Play or on my Spotify, whatever you there's uh, there's been a discernible decrease in the talents and uh, enjoy enjoyment of country music from 2010 to 2020. That you listen to the music you listen. To. No, I'm saying there's like, country. Your pe- inability people who like to country music. Your inability country to music has never been worse. I don't know what the to inab- tell you. Your inability to accept that the whole world may not see it the way that you do. Is exactly why I know as soon as Trump is out, you will return to being a Republican because you are at heart a conservative. You want things the way that you want them, and that things should never change. No, that's, exa- fine. that's your opinion on I'm music. I'm fine with the, I'm fine with it changing. I'm just right, has, I'm not has, fine with it being has film being, has film degraded in the last decade. I would argue I would argue that it's getting better. You would argue that it's getting better. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's your argument for it getting better? Well, I mean, for instance, uh, we can go into the movie part of this discussion mm-hmm. now. Uh, I'm looking at the best picture winners from or best picture nominees from 2010, right? Mm-hmm. So technically, this would have been movies from 2009 nominated Winning for the 2010, but right. still, it's sort of the point. This yeah. is the same place where we are right now. Uh, King Speech won, right? Other movies that were nominated, 127 Hours, Black Swan, The Fighter, Inception, The Kids Are All Right, The Social Network, Toy Story 3, True Grit, Writer's Bone. Um, I think Social Network is one of the best movies of the decade, hands down. Mm-hmm. It was one of the first here in the, in the uh, run You're a huge Aaron fan, that doesn't surprise me. No, but I'm saying like... The, Do you the, think Molly's the fact Game that, was good? I thought Molly's Game was good. Yeah. Mm, of course, I wonder why... The uh, the difference is that the social network is like 
that type of movie was a revelation back then. Mm -hmm. Now we get the opportunity to have a lot more people with like streaming and the ability to put movies out a lot quicker. And just the number of movies that are out every single year allows for more, more shots at the, at the, at the goal and more opportunities to make a great work. How many of those movies were also in the top 10 grossing movies for the year? Of those specific movies? Of those specific movies. I mean, I imagine The Social Network, Toy Story 3, mm-hmm. Inception was a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to think. It's hard for me to remember. Every, I mean, like, True Grit, I think, was a pretty good box office winner. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the, the difference is in 2010, if a movie made $100 million, it was one of the biggest successes that we've ever seen. Right. And now if you make a hundred million dollars, you've basically made enough money to Covered. make another movie. Cover <laughs> like, costs. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, but again, now, I mean, like they're talking about like last Christmas just made over a hundred million dollars in the box office. Yeah. And it's just like, Oh, so this movie isn't a flop now. It's, it's actually a success. And it's just like, well, you know, like it used to be that a hundred million dollars when it was only coming from like, you know, the U S market essentially right. was a crowning achievement. But, Film has now shifted. Movies like The King's Speech are further, uh, farther between. Uh, Inglorious Bastards would get made just because it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. But mm. uh, it's harder to get those movies because our tentpole superhero movies are the ones that are uh, a superhero and franchise movies. How many of those were a franchise? I mean, Toy Story. Right, non-animated franchise. I mean, none of these in 2010 were necessarily franchises. So, but I'm saying, like, how many how many franchises are really going to be nominated this year? Oh, I'm talking about top because you agreed with me that those were some of the top grossing movies of the year as well. No, no, I said there were there were a handful of them that sure. were that that did well. But do I mean, like, there's think, a handful of movies that can nominate for Oscars because they did well. Do you think that there's going to be anything on the list this year that will be in both <clears throat> the Oscar hunt and the top grossing movies of the year? Sure. A year which will have Star Wars, yeah, which had Endgame, yeah, and the entire blockbuster summer, yeah. Do you think anything is going to compete in the top ten of the year and also be on an Oscar nomination list? Joker, superhero movie. Yeah, so you're proving my point. My no, point but I'm is, saying, yes, mo- you are saying that movies have not degraded, despite the fact that we have become. But I mean, like, there's franchised. no, there's no, there's no point in talking about like the irishman's box office because it showed in 15 theaters across the country okay it's also the, three hours and 20 minutes long and if it was yeah. in a movie theater nobody would want to go see it well it uh, has to be on netflix i mean beyond that i'm saying like you know that we're not counting everybody's monthly subscription this month towards no. what the irishman was you know like getting but, but i mean like my point is we have become a movies have become franchise based in order to get a green light. It has to be existing IP. It has to be big. We're looking for a billion dollars, not a hundred million dollars. It doesn't have to be. It has to be on the studio level on the, on the major studio level. If you're talking about Disney, if you're talking about Fox, well now Disney, but if you're talking about Disney universal Warner brothers, that type of thing, then you have to, because the, the amount of cost that it, that it, it makes to bring one of these movies to life mm-hmm. has to, have some sort of way to connect it to the next one. Well, like so everyone like, to take so, note. So like, uh, uh, you know, you, you, uh, Richard Jewell just came out, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you say, well, that's not a franchise movie. That's not part of like some, con- you know, they're not going to make Richard Jewell 2 at some point. Right, yeah. But what it is, is it's a franchise of Clint Eastwood films. Right. People who like Clint Eastwood we'll sort of see. think of him, yeah. the director, as a franchise in its own right. This mm-hmm. is not a new thing. The only idea is that now we're talking about it in terms of 
property that an, a studio could own and then use that to go forward. Because, you know, like once a billion dollars is spent on Star Wars, then Disney has to start thinking about ways they can make their billion dollars back. Sure. You know? So I would just like everyone to take note. When it comes to music, where Corey has very, very <laughs> strong opinions that old music is good and new music sucks, old music is better. When it comes to films, where he is really in on new films, new films are fine and old films are fine and it's all fine. Just saying. Nothing has changed over the decade in films. Nothing has degraded. Oh, I'm not saying that's the case. There's been huge monumental shifts in the film industry. I'm just saying that the talent and the ability of the artists who are responsible for these pictures has not not dipped like music has. Music, Music is the stock market crashing. The the uh, the artistic ability was going up and up and up, and then all of a sudden, at a certain point, it just started flooring. What is the bar for entry on film? What do you mean? Uh, how high a bar do you have to jump to get even into the show? Like to get into a movie? You get into a theater with the film that you've made. Oh, it, it's you're one of the top one percent best movies. Right. Is that made egalitarian? That year. Is that an open open for everyone? Can everyone get into it? No, it's I mean, the top one percent. No, but so I'm by saying but it's not to get into the theater. That's, what do you it, have you're gonna, to do? You're going to make the argument that somebody who does really well on SoundCloud no, no, no. is a successful artist what too do you because have they have to do, like. What do you have to do to get your music out on Spotify? I mean, release it. Release it. That's literally yeah. all you have to do. Right. So the bar is very low. It becomes far more egalitarian. But I'm saying there's more opportunities for that in film too. Like you could release your film anywhere right now. Like you can in theaters. I no, can I, you theaters. don't have. You can if you want to. There's options to put things in theaters yourself. Sure. Like I can you, get 17 seats. I can I can pre-sell a theater mm-hmm. and it costs me you know five dollars a seat to sure. buy whatever theater I want to screen my movie in. And then I could, I mean, this is what Kevin Smith's doing right now. Yeah. Parn storming across the country, getting, you know, like getting a 500 seat theater, having to pay, you know, a thousand or $2,000 to rent the space and, and then, then selling, selling tickets for $15 yep. each and making way more money in, in the long Absolutely. run. Absolutely. And he's got the money to and do he's, that up front. Well, I mean, he's but he's able I, to he's able to do that because he's got a product that he knows he's going to make his money back on. If I'm a kid from West Baltimore. Yeah. Very easy to get my music on on Spotify. Almost impossible to get my film anywhere where it's going to be seen. That's not true. You can no, it's not true. You can you can a even though almost no film uh, maker would want to do this because it would be like cheapening the product and you'd be spending money to get it to this point. You could always put your movie on YouTube. Sure, you could just drop any movie you want on YouTube if you wanted to. If you Absolutely. own it, you could do it at any time, and that's free. But I'm saying, like, there, you know, there's also places where you can get them to put your movie up on all the different platforms, and then they take a cut, and that's not great business sense, much like putting it on YouTube isn't great business sense. But, like, it's there. It's an option to get you, get you out there. We can agree it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing, but it's yeah. also the movies are one of the hardest art forms to do because it takes so much time and money to make one. <sighs> if, you wanted to, if you wanted to release an album... Like you, like you rapping over beats, right? Sure. Yeah. You could spend a couple months like writing up all, all your stuff, or if you had like time all to yourself, you could take a couple weeks. Sure. Where you're waking up in the morning and writing lyrics and working on things, and then release it. Mm-hmm. And it's not the same thing as a movie because I need to hire a certain number of people to just make a movie. I have to get actors. I have to get locations. I have to. There's so much more involved. If you had to get a a uh, 
a guitar player's license to be able to play your guitar, mm -hmm. then it would make it a much more difficult thing for people to become musicians as opposed to having to go and get like a permit from Film LA, you know? In last week's episode, you were talking about how you talked to your dad about some issue and you asked yourself, where are you even getting these facts? <laughs> and you realized he was only hearing one set of facts from one place. Right. And that was, that was skewing his view of the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's not true. I mean, like, I don't. Want, I don't know what to tell you. I have work you, in the music industry, and I can tell you that it the bar for entry is very low. Eventually, the egalitarian nature of it will steady out, and the product will be better. Will be more. It will go conservative again. It's easier. It's easier to release an album than it is to release a movie. That's yes, not. That's hundred percent. Yeah, it's not. It's that's not in question. Much more egalitarian, and once it's harder to release an album, the product will improve. Just the same way that film. But it will never be as hard as making a film. Sure. But if I, I'm Josh Trank and yeah. I come out with a really great short film, which gets me a 15. <laughs> Another remembrance of 2010s. 2010s, Josh, Josh Trank. Trank. Uh, I do a really great short film, which gets me a, um, a really great, great uh, independent film. Mm -hmm. And then what do I get? Fantastic Four. Yeah, you get you get to move up because yes, because in this world, moving up means doing a franchise movie, doing mm -hmm. a superhero movie, doing big those big blockbusters. You can't be Quentin Tarantino. You can't be Robert Rodriguez anymore. No, you can. You absolutely Josh, can. Nobody's given no. No one's given Josh Trank more money to do another. We Super were 8. we were just talking last episode about someone like Noah Baumbach, who's just allowed to. Like make his own movie. Like nobody. If you are a filmmaker, if you if you like film, if you're serious about it, you know who Noah Baumbach is. But you know, if I said to you know some random person, you know, like if I asked Rachel, "Have you ever seen wow. Francis Ha?" She's not gonna know what the fuck I'm talking about. No. If I if I said, "Do you know who Quentin Tarantino is?" She would. But I'm saying like that's because Quentin Tarantino had the opportunity to make his movies and release them into wider swaths. Like Quentin Tarantino is more available than Noah Baumbach is. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But you're not going to get your next Quentin Tarantino from what we have now. The next Quentin Tarantino is not going to work inside a studio. And it will be the next, hopefully now this period of Quit. small, more small movies again. The next, the next Quentin Tarantino is making a movie and then releasing it themselves on their own website and making all the money. Mm. And even though it will be less money than they would get if they released in the theaters, it would mean more money for them because it's less money being taken from the studios off the top end. Or they're getting and a then deal. Somebody, okay, so somebody is going to, in this decade, I think, release a movie online that is going to not be associated with netflix or hulu or anything just it's going to be you're going to go to joeblow.com and mm. you're going to be able to watch his movie after you pay him 10 bucks or whatever and he is going to make an incredible amount of money somebody yes. is somebody is going to find the right combination of material movie and way to do it online that is going to fundamentally shift how it's done and the problem is that it's too hard to it needs to be the right combination of events that allows it to happen, but it's definitely going to happen. And as soon as it does, that's when studios start getting worried that their whole business model is crumbling. I actually know the uh, platform where that's going to happen. That uh, guy has hit me as in my professional work up before because mm. he uh, the one thing that, get, that they, he finds people don't have in those movies. Mm -hmm. Music. 
Yeah. Because it's so expensive to get music. Right, right. He wa- basically, he was like, everyone's coming to me and saying, I'd love to put it on your platform, but I used music in this that I know that I didn't clear. Yeah. So your rule says I have to clear the music. I can't do that. So he came to us to be like, hey, would you want to do some kind of licensing deal where people could use your music and then we could post it on this platform where people pay $7, come and watch it. Uh, you actually get two viewings or three viewings, I think. And they're like, yeah, so the idea being you watch it, you share it with a couple of friends, maybe they watch it with you or they come watch their own and Mm -hmm. all of the money or like six of the $7 goes to the filmmaker. Yeah. Like the $1 going to, to the website or whatever. Although if you use our music, you get $5, $1 goes to music, $1 goes to website, $5 goes in your pocket. Yeah. So it's there. It's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and I think the movie's argument is the same as TV. Uh, I don't know if there's any argument that 2010s have been the golden age of television. Yeah. And too many to even really go through, but like uh, the end of uh, Breaking Bad was in the 2010s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Game of Thrones was in 2010s, even the last season, which maybe not the golden age. Yeah. Um, I'm rewatching the second season. But just, of- uh, uh, just the number of things. I mean, like, uh, I imagine that if we had this conversation ending the 2010s, oh. we would be talking about, like, all these cable channels and why they have these shows that nobody watches. Like, yep. why do you need 24 hours worth of gardening shows? But what people realized was that, you know, the niches really were what separated people from. Yeah. And once you put out shows that you thought only a small handful of people would like and lots of people like them, they were like, oh, maybe we should go further with this idea. And we are closing. And I'm going to say one network because I watched it a little bit last night, but uh, I mean, maybe two networks. But we are closing out 2010s with The Watchmen on mm-hmm. HBO. Silicon Valley had their last episode. Miss Which I was not happy about. Me either. <laughs> uh, but. Up until this last few episodes, I think did really well. Yeah. They had the Game of Thrones problems where they were trying to wrap up a story that really could have gone through the season. Yeah, couldn't have like uh, done easily. Yeah. Kind of uh, wrote yourself into a corner or realize that you had two seasons worth of material and we had to close this mother <laughs> up. I mean, I feel basically. like the problem with a lot of shows is like the easiest way to end it is just to have the main character die. Yeah. Because then like. There's no more Pied Piper without Richard Hendricks kind of thing, you know? Like, if he just died pro- in the last episode. He solves all the problems. So if he dies, yeah. we don't have a problem solver now. But then right? you can't make a movie about it if yeah. you don't. Yeah. But um, uh, I'm rewatching. You can't this. make an Entourage movie if Vince dies at the end of it. <laughs> I'm rewatching the second season of uh, The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Mm. Uh, they're talking about Last Tycoon uh, getting another season. Or no. Z? Or we, we've been talking about this. It's coming out next year. Um Z? Is it Z? Yeah. Yeah, Z's getting another season. Just like Amazon. God, that takes so long. I know. And this it's like is four <laughs> years between every season of Z. But because it, it's like a movie. Yeah. It's a season full of movie episodes. And uh, HBO does it well. Amazon's doing it well. And now we're talking about Apple getting into the business. Disney yeah. now has their platform. So we came There'll into There'll be HBO Max and Peacock in the next couple months. We came into this decade with HBO. Mm-hmm. Netflix, which I want to say in 2010 might still have been DVDs on demand. Yeah, probably. I can't say that yeah. it was streaming at that point. I think we were getting I don't DVDs think, at that point. I don't think I, I really got streaming until I was in like Parkville. Yeah. So 2014 or so. Yeah. Yeah. So we came into the decade with Netflix and cable. And cable brought you HBO. Um, and like to an extent, an extent YouTube at the beginning, but it was still so young. I yeah. mean, like. With it by 2012, I think was really when YouTube started like blowing up, but like you know, it's uh not at the decade turn, right. and now we're exiting it with 
Disney, Comcast, Apple, YouTube, Amazon, and then Netflix as well, um, HBO, all, like streaming. And I yeah. don't think of any of those as on TV. I think of them as apps that I go to on my device that's attached to my TV. That's it. Yeah. So, um, we, it's never been better. It's never been more opportunity. Uh, and uh, it's a good thing for people who write. So, yeah, there you go. Well, I mean, we had a, a lot of other things that we were going to get to, but we just sort of ran through Argued a whole bunch about of- music. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't have talked about music. Uh, but how about this? Uh, we started the decade with the first black president in the, of the 44 that we've had now. 43 white guys. and 45. 45? Yeah. 45. 44 white guys. I don't like to count this last one as a president. Um, <laughs> and of those, like, 27 pretty vocal racists. But the 2010s brought us the second uh, term of black president. However... That's the high. The low is we then had the 2016 election. Yeah. um, Which uh, pretty infamously, if you've been listening to the podcast, I saw as a choice between a giant douche and a turd sandwich. Like no real great choices uh, once we got to the general election. Mm. Um, And now we're heading into the 2020 election where we're going to enter in this new decade. And it looks a little bit like 2016. The Democrats kind of eating their own and... Maybe there's going to be a little tomfoolery to get into the convention and the party guy is going to be the one who gets it. Maybe, maybe not. I guess we'll see. Donald Trump still running. Yeah. Going to be president. We entered this decade with Barack Obama, possibly the most presidential president since Roosevelt. Uh, I mean, I guess. Yeah. And not even Franklin. Like, let's go back to Teddy. Um, are we? I mean, like, how are you defining presidential president? I mean, that's that's really the question. A like, guy who imbibes the values that I would say are the presidency. Like, my mind went to Woodrow Wilson because I look at him and I think presidential when I think Woodrow Wilson, but huge racist, so probably I mean, not. See, the problem is that, like, if you're gonna, I, I would I would have said that like George H. W. Bush was the type of guy who was like the consummate patriot and the the guy who wanted to do good and like continued moving up like to different parts of the government you're gonna make the you're gonna make the like well he was a huge racist too and i'm just like well yeah but i mean like we can't like you know i feel like at a certain point like you know at 2010 we were probably saying that's gay to each other like 15 times a day yep and i mean like there's there's got to be a a slight difference between how we judge we gotta we gotta judge on a curve a little bit here and i'm not gonna say (laughs) that about hw i'm gonna say he was a career politician he was a career national politician. Yeah. He was always building towards the presidency. And I do feel like Barack Obama, for what it's worth, was kind of like thrust into that. It was like state Senate, national Senate. I think he, I think he, I think he was building, but he he didn't imagine that his his takeoff would be so yes. immediate. And then H.W. was like, all right, I'm going to come I imagine out. he went into that into that uh, DNC convention speech. Yeah. Uh, where he like thrust himself on the national spotlight and said like, oh, this will give me a little bit of attention. Maybe I can run for Senate. And- I'm setting myself up for 2020. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. Next time, buddy, yeah. <laughs> you're up. Here we go. Um, but yeah, so I mean, HW was presidential, but I think he was also like a politician. And I, I know Obama's a politician too, but I didn't, not until the end did I feel the politicianness of it. That first 08 election takes me back to like, again, a Teddy Roosevelt, a somebody who gives you hope that it's, I mean, Franklin Roosevelt for that matter, someone who's going to give you hope that it's going to be better than it was. 
yeah, we've been through some bad times. Things are going to get better. I mean, we had that with Clinton, too. Uh, see, I always thought that Clinton was skeevy. I, I, wrote, I wrote a report. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying that Clinton isn't skeevy. I'm just sort of saying that, like, you know, as far as, like, the jump out of nowhere, not true. become a national figure, Jimmy Carter was the same sort of way. I mean, like, all the both those people, you know, despite what... So, despite what the leanings of certain people would would mm. say, are, are are both patriotic men who truly love their country and do what they. I mean, like Jimmy sure. Carter is still doing public work because he feels like it's right for him to be giving to others. Jimmy you know? Carter is the dad I wish I had. He's basically <laughs> my dad, except for democratic, democratic, <laughs> uh, abiding by the the teachings of Jesus, not just talking about it. So I, mean, I do love Jimmy, but I also think he's like I mean, a like southern it, preacher. It's one of those like Jimmy Carter. You know, like it, they they were waiting for him to not be president anymore before they let the the uh, prisoners in Iran go. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. like it was one of those like he he did so much. You know, he could have he could have immediately after the after he left the inauguration be like, yeah. By the way, we negotiated this whole thing. They were just waiting for me to get out before yeah to make it look like Reagan's win. Like he could have he could have showboated on that a little mm-hmm. bit, but he didn't because he was just like, what it was important to me was that they got out. He was. He didn't fly home right away because he wanted to meet the hostages at the at the airport. Maybe this is why I have a bad feeling about Clinton and Carter. Both of them were in times of bad suits. Mm. Clinton had the big shoulder pads in '92, yeah. and Jimmy had that 1970s like polyester suit. Yeah. And we went to 2008, where it's like, okay, suits are like modern and cut. Yeah. Now, now you can get one that fits you properly. Yeah. You can buy one custom. And then I go mm-hmm. back to the early. 1900s where it's like oh he was straight black tying it at yeah. the uh, inauguration just like the uh t- the tux with tails yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, the bow tie and then we just kind of went through a whole period of like oh that is a real skinny tie like john kennedy great yeah but also had that like kind of looks like he's wearing his dad's suit and uh real skinny tie and to me that's not presidential but again it's like my parents Barack Obama wearing a sand-colored suit was a cardinal sin who could never be forgiven. So <laughs> maybe just a difference of opinion. Maybe it's when you're in your 20s that it really sets what you think as something, and no matter how old you get, you're always going to compare it to that thing when you're in your 20s. Yeah. Like the music? Is that what you That's what we call a callback. Yeah. That's a callback <laughs> earlier in the episode, guys. Uh, is there anything else you feel like we need to like really touch on from the 2010s? I mean, we there was a lot more things that we could have, but I mm-hmm. feel like... Uh, well, let's let's just do this. Let's pause for a moment okay. and give it just two, maybe like 10 seconds of thought. And when we're sitting here, well, hopefully not here, but when we're sitting somewhere doing episode, well, what would it be? Close to a thousand by that point. <laughs> yeah. Um, At the end of 2019. No, <laughs> that's now. <laughs> 2029. 2029. Yeah. 2019 feels like so far in the future. It's this year. <laughs> uh, 2029. What well, it's funny, think? like, 2019 is the year of a thousand years. Like, it feels like this. If you told me something that happened in January, I'd be like, no, that happened when I was 12. Yeah, <laughs> no. Long, long time ago. Nope, no, this year? Oh, okay. So what do you think will be different in 2029 versus this year? I think that we are going to be in the, we're going to be in the beginning stages of the automation generation by 2029. And I, the reason why I say beginning stages is because there's going to be certain aspects of our life which will feel automatic, but then there's going to be certain aspects of our life which feel stuck 10 years earlier. Mm. Like, uh, um, I read some sort of story about, like, Google Maps, the the people who run Google Maps saying, like, 
we've offered for free all of our data that we've collected about people, how they travel through cities to cities to like, you know, autonomized data to so they could see like, oh, every single day, you know, 27,000 people drive down Figueroa. And they do it like this, and they usually come from here. So you could use this information to create a better, more perfect city, mm-hmm. like optimize lights or like figure all that sort of stuff out. They've even offered like real time stuff to like help alleviate traffic problems. But no city really has taken advantage of this, right? Mm-hmm. I imagine that by the time 2029 rolls around, at this point, 10 years from now, you know, I'll come home. My apartment will light up immediately for me, my TV will turn on with the thing I want to watch. The, you know, like I will be greeted by some by Jarvis who will tell me about everything that uh, has been, you know, here's a message from Rob. He sent you uh, there will be so many jobs that don't exist because automation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just for me, it seems like there's going to be a, a place. I, I feel like 10 years from now is going to feel like so much more in the future than the jump from 2009 to 2019 was, which yeah. will seem earth-shattering to people because this decade has been about growth more than any other but i just feel like there will be as much as it'll change there will be things that are the same like la will still not (laughs) look at map data and analytics to figure out traffic we'll have a train (laughs) to the airport though we'll have a train to the airport maybe maybe we have to it's part of the deal to get the olympics is we have to have we're so far behind on that though (laughs) garcetti's out there with a shovel doing it himself (laughs) So uh, here's what I was going to say. Number one, I hope I don't have to drive a car anywhere by 2019. Yeah. Uh, your car is nearly autonomous as it is. And Tesla has an autonomous car. Yeah. So I'm hoping it's just all autonomous and we don't have to do it. I mean, I, I would like to say that by 2019, there is going to be more. 2029. 2029. God damn it. 2029. <laughs> there will be. I'm, I'm still going to write 2019 on my checks for like a year still. Or three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's. Uh, I think 2029. There will be a lot more opportunity. Like, uh, you know how uh, people used to just die in their forties because they ate too much yes. awful food, and then they'd have a heart attack and just keel over. Sure. And like nowadays, there's like better. You could take better care of yourself, and people are living longer than ever and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I feel like there will be less in 2029. You'll be hear less stories about like, oh my god, my friend Jimmy just got clipped by a car and died. Yeah. Like there will be more like. By 2029, I mean, there's still going to be old cars on the road, but there will be more new cars that will, like, stop for people and, like, that sort of thing. So, And on that note, how about uh, 10 years? Way less cancer. That'd be great. Yeah. I feel like we've been solving that problem for the last 30 years. Can we just wrap that up in a decade? (laughs) This might be the... uh, I I feel like so many cancer researchers are are pushing the... We're right around the corner from a cancer cure to get more funding. Yeah. But, it, it like, I've been hearing this for so long that, like... Yeah. People are just like, we're just that one missing thing away from figuring it all out. So here is the the one thing I think is going to be different between now and 29. For sure. Uh, much like script notes, <laughs> we will no longer be able to find the time to get together to do it. We will do it via <laughs> Skype. Yeah. Um, similar to, crypt, uh, to script notes, uh, you will live in Glendale or Pasadena or somewhere in a house. And there will be one to three children and there will be marriage and it'll be like you remember when you really wanted to get that penthouse apartment and you're gonna look around your four bedroom in pasadena colorado and be like yeah i remember that (laughs) and i'm gonna probably live in west hollywood in a very small studio apartment (laughs) (laughs) spending most of my time by myself uh 
but we'll get together via Skype once a week yeah. and uh, still do a podcast. So I would like I would like to hope that by 2029, like we're when we're doing like the outros to this, yeah. like it's uh, you know like you know, like you can find me on my website CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com. Please, everybody, go out to the premiere this or the the opening this Friday of my new movie coming yeah. out. You know, like gotta hope. And then all the people and like the comments are just like, Oh my god, I can't wait to see you, that would be fantastic. I'm just like, thank you, Janelle. How about this? Uh, how about we don't have ads in 2029 because we choose not to have ads. <laughs> Listen, this podcast is free. It's always been free. We're going to offer it for you for free forever. That is not guaranteed. That's me in 2029 <laughs> thinking that perhaps that will be how things go. Listen, stamps.com. If you're listening, give us a shout. <laughs> Get to us before it's too late. No, I. But I mean, uh, or by the same. or by twenty twenty nine, we'll be like a Corolla show, and it's like the first ten minutes of the podcast is all ads, <laughs> just reads, just <laughs> reading straight through. Yeah, Corey, yeah, you, Castro, baby. Uh, so, uh, did you do a little betting this week? Uh, yeah. So I, yeah, I'm on uh, TicketBets.com. <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm cleaning up over there. There's a couple of podcasts like uh, Pod Save America always starts with a couple of minutes worth of like you know, like this show brought to you by. And yeah, like I'm just like skip, 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 skip. <laughs> That's why we got to trick people. Just throw them in the middle. Just like any other conversation, be like, yeah, so you, were you going to go to Vegas? Listen, I was going to take a trip to Vegas, but placebets.com has made it so easy. I don't even have to go yeah. to Vegas. And then 30 seconds in, somebody's like, this is an ad. Damn it. I didn't that's, even realize. That's why I feel like we're going to need to talk all our ads into just letting us go completely off copy. <laughs> <laughs> Like if you agree to have us be your be be the person that does your ad, you have no influence over what we say. Listen, and I then just, we can just drop it in like casually. It's here's the like, three points you, you gotta know. hit. It's easy to use. <laughs> it's just like Vegas. You make money. All right, that we can agree to. We can. We you can know, I was, I was I was uh, thinking about getting a new car for the fifty second consecutive week, and I went to CarMax. Have you been? <laughs> You haven't made a trip out to CarMax? It's so convenient. There's I literally go everywhere. every week just because I'm looking for that car that's perfect for me. And the CarMax people are always looking at, you know, like. Wait, I don't know if you know this, but uh, you can actually set alerts at CarMax.com. Get it'll the let, fuck out of here. It'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we can't use that because you said fuck in the middle of it. So, <laughs> uh, All right. Now we have to recut the show after the fact so we can send them the send one them that the doesn't have fucking. <laughs> Ah. That was, uh, you can't censor me. You can't stop me. From I'm very tired. Yeah. So uh, let's. let's uh, wow, we've gone an hour and forty minutes now. Ooh. How about that? So well, that's intro and stuff too. Yes. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you know where you can go to memorialize the decade. Uh, where's that? Oh, the anthem.com. Cordo the anthem.com. Oh, the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line four four three two one nine seven five nine five. What's the number again? Four four three two one nine seven five nine five. You can find more of me at my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, uh, at fa- Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, at LegendCB5 on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, everywhere. Um, I probably did another movie review. Uh, it was probably Knives Out, uh, out there for you to enjoy now. Uh, so go do that. And uh, yeah, uh, we'll have we'll technically have one more episode before 2019 is done. Yes. Uh, but it's the New Year's dropping one. Yes. So like, I feel like. Hopefully nothing super super big comes up in the next week that like changes uh, the entire decade. Do you remember the SNL skit where like uh, Tom Brokaw wants to go on vacation, so he has to do all the death announcements before he goes, <laughs> just in case. I feel like that's kind all of the, what I always all the people who are on the line. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
But yeah, uh, we Sherman have, Carter died. We will have one more episode this year uh, available on the 30th, 31st, on 31st. 31st. Um, so my challenge to you, think of some resolutions for 2020. Okay. Because uh, by the way, 2020, the year that I was supposed to run for president. <laughs> you were supposed to be the Pete Buttigieg. I think that's why you like Pete so much. Is it could that be. He's, he's taking over your Damn place it. as like the... The sensible Democrat who's just like, well, I got real plans here. We can't just do every. So in my uh, <laughs> in an unedited portion of a uh, review, I actually got to that. I like worked my way into a corner. I was like, son of a bitch. Pete Buttigieg is just me. Yeah. Just a, like a sensible centrist Democrat who makes a lot of sense. The gay. And he was married to a man. And... He was definitely you in 2010. Oh, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, not anymore. Uh, there was a place in 2010 where you could have followed the steps and you could have been Pete Buttigieg, but instead you're. Uh, oh, I 100% could have. Yeah. No, I, w- instead, I ran a campaign in 2010. Yeah. I was running someone's campaign in 2010. Yeah. I was steps it's, away and then <laughs> made a real hard turn to the left. <laughs> and here we are. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. <laughs> but if you want to hear uh, more from me, uh, you can find me on all your social networks at Robert and Cheek. As you're listening to this, we are in the heart of of the 12 Days of Christmas reviews. Make sure you check that out at youtube.com forward slash Rob Cheek. Normal episodes will be up as per usual twice a week with the addition of a daily episode every single day for 12 consecutive days. My gift to you this holiday season. Uh, And of course, beyond all of that, you can find me, uh, my website, uh, robertandcheek.com, where you can find links to the YouTube channel, to uh, Over the Anthem here, and to uh, the books which are available on Amazon. Buy Rob's books. Thank you, sir. Well, uh, for the last time, uh, not the last time this decade, but just, I think we're doing we were good just, here today. We were just talking about how there's another episode this year. <laughs> I know. Okay. I think we've done good here this decade. We've done something. <laughs> I don't know if it's good. But as always, you're listening to the O the Anthem podcast, part of the O the Anthem digital network. For Corey, this is Rob. Have a great 2020, everybody. <laughs> See you one day before it ends. Meh.